So here we are in Nehemiah. Love this story. Love this man of God and love how God is showing us some things we can apply to our lives in this character of Nehemiah. We started this last week, and obviously we're in week two. And Nehemiah was just an average guy. Uh, He was an average guy who was a servant to the king, Artaxerxes. Artaxerxes ruled Persia, which is pretty much the ruler of the world at that time. And his father was Xerxes, who was the king who chose Esther as his bride to be his queen. And so there's, there's a, an, an Esther connection with uh, Nehemiah. But the king of this Persian empire began allowing Jews to go back to Jerusalem after being uh, captured and exiled for many years, originally by the Babylonian empire and King Nebuchadnezzar. And so Nehemiah begins hearing reports back from people who are, who are living there in Jerusalem about the ruins of the walls. And a wall is very important. A wall is very important. I and mean, ask people who are building sand walls around their house. It's, a wall is, is extremely important. And so he's hearing about the ruins that are around Jerusalem. He spends time praying and fasting about this issue. So what about the ruins lying around in our life. Maybe some of the ruins that you see in your life, maybe some mistakes you've made or bad choices in the past. You may have ruins lying around after someone has, has done something to you. Whatever the storm is in your life, you could be sure that there are ruins. And while we're in this message, I want you to be thinking about some of those ruins that are still lying around in your life, not to make you feel ashamed not to make you feel guilty, not to condemn you, but just to remind you that God loves to take those ruins and make something beautiful. How can God make something beautiful? First of all, we learned last week, we need to accept our ruins. We need to acknowledge that they exist. Then we need to spend, we need to spend time in prayer. We need to confess our weakness that we can't handle our ruins. We can't build our, our, our ruins on our own. Nehemiah did not build a wall on his own. And we need to profess the promises of God found in his word about our ruins. And then we need to request the favor of God. That's, those are the things that Nehemiah did to King Artaxerxes. And we also need to be honest about our ruins. Be honest, being honest about what your ruins have done to you and to others will help you begin to let go. So stop saying everything is, is fine when it's not. When God rebuilds certain areas in your life, he will use the ruins to make something beautiful. Nehemiah was honest to the king, so we need to be honest. And, and the last thing we learned last week is that we need to ask God for big things. We need to ask God for, for big things. If you have a, a relationship that is troubled, for example, and there's some ruins left over behind from that, ask God to mend it. Ask God for big things. You may think, man, there's no way this relationship could ever get better, there, it could ever be mended. There's no way that this relationship will ever be like it was. There's no way this marriage can be like it once was when we were on our honeymoon. Yes, it can. 
but you got to ask God for big things. God wants you to rise from your ruins. If you want to build the future, it begins with the ruins. So you may be sitting there thinking, all right, Frank, these steps sound really nice, rising from the ruins, that's a great little catchphrase, but I've got some big ones that I've never dealt with. I've got some big ruins that are like Stonehenge. I can't move them, I, I, I don't know what to do with them. I'm worried what's, what, what I'm supposed to do. Maybe you sit in your going saying, I'm worried to let down my guard to fix these ruins. And I understand that. So your worries are creating fears in your head and your heart. You know how I know that? They ask questions. Your fears ask questions. They do for me as well. And these questions raise fears. For example, let's say you have done, you have some ruins lying around from a, from a bad relationship. Maybe you've said some things that were inappropriate or, or maybe some action caused deep hurt and resentment to, to fester and to build. You don't like those ruins lying around. You try to ignore them, but they keep appearing. You desperately want healing and restoration, but worries are asking you questions, questions like, maybe you've had these questions, are you sure that person will even listen to you? Or maybe, do you remember the last time you tried to fix this? Why even try? Or maybe worries and fears are asking, aren't you the one that got hurt? Shouldn't they be coming to you first? And this is just an example with relationships. You could put this an example in, in, in finances. In many areas of your life, you can put this in. If you're fighting something, some stronghold, some temptation, there are ruins that are there, and the worry, the spirit of worry and the spirit of fear are asking you questions. Questions like, you can't, there's no way you can get beyond this. This is just, this is, must be who you are. And you can easily have those questions. So what do we do with those questions? What do we do when fear and worry begin to ask us questions? When we're trying to build our future like Nehemiah and we're concerned about the walls and we're concerned about the, the ruins that are in our life and we begin to say, yes, I can rise from the ruins with God's help through prayer and all these things. And as soon as you start to do that, fear and worry step in and start asking you questions. What do you do? Let me tell you, church, what you do with any question, you respond with an answer. You see, some of you have questions in your head and your heart as you're trying to rise from your ruins, as you're trying to rebuild your life. Whether, it's, whether I'm talking to you or whether you know someone in your life, you can, you can even express this to. I know there's questions in your life that you have not yet answered, well, it's time to respond with an answer. After Nehemiah arrived in Jerusalem with a canopy of help and supplies, he inspected the ruins to see what he was dealing with. Then he told the city officials about 
a plan. Look in Nehemiah chapter two, verse 17 through 18. These two verses. So he's back in Jerusalem and he's inspected the walls. He kind of did it in sort of the dark of night. He didn't really tell anybody. And then he said in verse 17, then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in, Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. They replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. You know, I find it interesting. You know, Nehemiah, he gives a speech that is one verse long. This short speech, and what is their response? Okay, let's build it. I'm like, really? I mean, shouldn't you have realized that it needed to be rebuilt? Didn't you notice that the walls were in ruins? And yet, nothing was done about it. It's kind of like some of the questions that fear and worry are putting in your head and your heart, and you're not doing anything about it. You're ignoring the ruins because you are afraid. And you don't have an answer to your questions. But today, after today, you're going to have an answer to those questions. Why did they not do anything about the walls? Why? That's a question I ask this passage. You know why? As you read further, you'll see. We'll get to, get to that today. The reason why? Because of worry, because of fear. Eventually, they were all thinking the same thing, but no one had stepped up to provide leadership. So when your worry starts asking a question, you need to step up with an answer. So your worries could be asking questions like, do you know of anyone else struggling with this? Are you sure you want to step out and expose yourself? You answer your worry. In this example, Nehemiah answered the worry and fear with action. You answer your worries and your fears with action. It's time to act. It's time to do something. He inspected the situation and presented a solution. It's time for you to inspect your ruins and to provide a solution. Others living in Jerusalem probably thought about the same solution. I mean, it's pretty obvious. But your worries and your fears want you to believe that you are alone in this. But you are not. There are others who have similar ruins in your life that you're seeing. And there are others who are not taking action. Maybe you have some ruins lying down in your family. and There's really nobody in your family really taking leadership And let me tell you, it's time to rise up in leadership and have some action and take some action. Will you be that one? So Nehemiah answered with action. You and I, when fears, when the questions of fears and worry rise up while we're trying to rebuild, rise from our ruins, we need to answer with action. As soon as Nehemiah and the others began working on the wall, they ran into some opposition. Boy, isn't this just like us? There were others living nearby, nearby Jerusalem. There were other people and tribes 
and nationalities that were living around Jerusalem, and and they were not Jews. They had settled there while the Jews were in exile in Babylon. And so look at verse 19, right there, chapter 2. But with Sanballat, the the Hornite, and Tobiah, the Ammonite, official, and Geshem, the Arab, um, heard about it. They mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you are doing, they, they asked. Are you rebelling against the king? So Nehemiah and the Jews are trying to rebuild this wall, so they're, they're going after it. They're like, okay, let's do it. And so as soon as the other people, those in opposition, heard about it, they're like, what are you trying to, what are you trying to do? You can't do this. You're trying to rebel against a king. You're, you're trying to do something you know you're not privileged to do. You're not authorized to do. Isn't that just like the enemy? When the enemy asks you questions, the enemy of worry and fear asks you questions like that, we need to have an answer. You say, if you, if you want to get rid of some addictions in your life and you have you have the enemy of, of fear and worry asking questions. You, you, you can't do that. You can't do that on your own. You can't even, I mean, look how long you've been doing this. There's no way this is just who you are. They're going to mock you. Your worries and fears will often come in the form of questions. So, it's time for you and God to do something with your ruins. Then it's time to answer with a sense of authority. Authority. Now, let me tell you something, church. Let me remind you of something. If you have accepted Christ as Savior, if you cross that line of faith and invited Jesus in your heart, if you or someone who calls yourself a Christian. And we all make mistakes, I get that. This man makes mistakes. But I'm a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. He lives inside me. I belong to the body, the bride, the beautiful bride of Christ, but it's also a bold bride. And so you and I can walk in authority. I believe This is one of the biggest epidemics affecting the church right now. The church does not know who she is. The church forgets who she belongs to. And because of that, the church doesn't walk in authority. You can walk in authority over worries and fears. Look at Nehemiah's response in verse 20. I love, love this. So, so the enemies were, were asking questions. So what did they do? He answered. Verse 20, here's his answer. I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. Let me tell you something. Some of you need to take that verse 220. 
Nehemiah 2.20, and you need to highlight that, you need to remember it, or at least that last part, but as for you, you have no share. As for you, you have no share in my head, in my heart, because I've already given my heart to Jesus. My heart belongs to Jesus. My heart does not belong to you, so you have no share on it. That is walking in authority, and that is good preaching. Come on, clap with authority, yes, yes. So what I'm saying is this, when you are facing those fears and those words, you need to answer with authority. That's what Nehemiah did, and it was short. Look, you have no right, you're not a Jew, who are you, and this is not your land, so get out. Worry, fear, this is not your land. This heart doesn't belong to you. This head, this mind, this is not your land. This is not your territory. So it's time to speak with authority. Do not back down. Your enemy has no rights to your life. They have no rights to your life. How do I know this? 2 Timothy 1.7. I just got a couple of verses. Look at this. 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of what? Power, love, and there's a lot of power in love, and a sound mind. I mean, you're thinking straight. You have full control of what's happening. So God has, has not given you the spirit of fear. God has given you power and love and a sound mind. He's given you the right, the authority. Look in Psalm 27.1. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? There's a question. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. And whom shall I be afraid? Let me tell you, church, these promises in God's words are not for your enemy. These promises in God's word are not for your enemy. They are for you. So this was not their promised land over in Jerusalem. They had no rights to this land. And the enemy have no rights to the land of your heart and your mind. So stop being pushed around. You need to walk in authority. Look at some scripture that deals with your ruins. And you're lying out of, trying to rise from your ruins. And when those questions start antagonizing you and your head then you need to stop being push, pushed around. You need to keep fighting back. Sure, Jesus said, turn the other cheek, but you know why he said, turn the other cheek? So you keep fighting. Jesus said, he didn't say walk away. He said, turn the other cheek. Stay in the fight. Stay in the fight and allow authority to rise up within you. So you answer with action, you answer with authority. Chapter three goes on to talk about everyone who was building the walls. It's a long list of workers, people I can't really pronounce, but there's lots of people. It goes on that, a well thought out plan. It was happening, things were going. They were building for the future and rising from the ruins. When their enemies saw that Nehemiah and the people were having success, listen to this, the enemy increased 
his attacks by causing more fear and worry. But that did not stop the building. Look in uh, Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 1 through 3. It says, it says this, with Sanballat, you know, he's, he's in this scripture a few times in his passage. He must be a bad dude. When Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly insist. He ridiculed the Jews, and in the presence of his associates in the army of Samaria, he said, what are those feeble Jews doing? There's a question. Will they restore their wall? Another question. Will they offer sacrifices? Another question. Will they finish in a day? Another question. Can they bring the stones back to life from the heaps of rubble burned as they are? Another question. Tobiah, the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, what they are building, even a fox coming up on it, would break down their wall of stones. So, when they saw that a lot of things were happening, that good things were happening, they came back with stronger attacks. Questions, the questions of worry and fear. Y'all, this happens in our life. When, when we get past the initial fears of, and worries of questions and we answer those questions and those uh, brought up by fears and worries and we begin to rise up, let me tell you what, the enemy's gonna come back. Fear is going to come back with more questions. This is going to happen. So those worries will come into the form of questions. But just like Nehemiah, you answer the question. For you to rise above the ruins and build something for the future, you may need to have an answer to the questions offered by your fears. We need to answer with action. We need to answer with authority. And we need to answer with abandon. You abandon the power of your strength and lean into God. Let me explain this. This is important. You abandon any plans of defending yourself in exchange for God being the great defender and judge. Check out Nehemiah's response in, verse, in chapter 4, verse 4 through 6. So Sinbalat and Tobiah, they, they just got through lashing out against the Jews, questions, fears, worries. Here's how he responded. He responded. He didn't even talk to them. I can, I can just imagine. They're standing around. They're asking questions, and Nehemiah didn't even answer them. He talks to God. He says this, hear us, our God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. Such a great response. There comes a point now listen carefully. There comes a point when your worries and fears do not need additional verbal responses of defense, but rather a surrender to the plans of the one who will defend you. 
There comes a point, church, when you just give it over to God and you stop defending your actions and you just allow God to take care of it. God, I'm tired. Could you, could you handle this? Could you handle this? Could you handle this, God? Don't make the mistake of never getting to the place of abandon. It's so easy to stay in the answer of authority by quoting scripture and answering our critics with verbal responses. Okay, you, you need to do that. You need to have an answer. You, walk, you answer with authority against worry and fear. But if you stay there, it will only be a distraction for your ultimate goal of rising above the ruins. You see, church, I believe some of you have it totally risen above the ruins because you're so busy trying to defend yourself and talking to others, and you're so worried about what other people are saying and, and, and chasing this rabbit trail of, of questions and fear and this and that. There comes a time when you need to definitely answer with authority, but now you need to move beyond that, just like Nehemiah did, and said, you know what? These guys, aren't, these guys are a waste of my time. God, I need you to take care of them. I need you to take care of that. God, I need you to take care of these fears. God, I wake up every day and I have these fears, these worries in my heart, in my head. Even though they're not, they don't belong there, that's not their territory, but for some reason they get in. And, and I've walked in authority, but now, God, I need you to step in. I need you to step in. Some of you have never gotten there because you're relying on your own strength. You need to abandon your own strength. You need to abandon your verbal words. And you need to say, God, this one's on you. This one is on you. And trust me, he can handle it. He's just waiting for you to abandon. He's waiting there, twiddling his big thumbs, waiting for you to give it over to him. I believe, I believe the wall may never have been completed around Jerusalem, or it would have just taken a very long time. If Nehemiah tried to fill his time verbally defending his actions, he abandoned those tendencies and gave it all to the Lord. So, church, it's time to respond with an answer of abandon. I'm gonna abandon my own strength, give it all to God. And it's time to have an answer to the questions that fear and worry are bringing to your life as you try to rebuild and try to rise from your ruins. It's time to answer with action, with authority, and with abandon. Nehemiah and others had read the words spoken by the prophet Isaiah. It's passages like this that gives them hope. And let me tell you something, it's time. It's uh, uh, passages like this in Isaiah 
that give you hope as well. Isaiah 41, verse 10 through 13. It says this, so do not fear. Okay, as I'm, as I'm reading this, this is, this is to you. So church, listen carefully. This is to you. God is speaking this over you. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. Though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. Those who wage war against you will be as nothing at all. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. It takes verses like this for you to rise above the ruins and build something beautiful for your life. So it's time to answer your worries and fears, the questions that they're giving to your life. It's time to answer with action, with authority, and with sweet, holy abandon.